It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building, everybody. We are so excited, Laura, as we are wrapping up our June podcast series called A Month of Dads. Each one has been phenomenal as we've been spending time with some of our favorite fathers. But today is a very extra special day for us, Laura, because debuting for the first time on Beyond the Building, we have two very, very, very special love of our lives. So let me introduce my husband of 33 and a half years, Ward Kiever, the father of my two sons and father in the Lord to uh, several other kids. Um, Babe, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for taking the launch into uh, podcast land. Welcome to Beyond. Well, thanks very much. It's very exciting and a special treat to be uh, a guest on the Beyond the Building uh, podcast with you and Laura. And so I'm very, very excited to be here. Uh, you asked me to share a little bit about uh, our family. We have two boys by birth, Chip and Daniel. Both of them are married uh, with families of their own, and we're blessed that they live close by. And then we have uh, a number of, per se, unofficially adopted children, uh, specifically our daughter in the Lord, Pam, who lived with us for three and a half years. And I was honored to walk her down the aisle and do the daddy-daughter dance. She and her family live down in South Carolina. So we're very blessed uh, with a, uh, uh, a a large and growing family. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Well, I love that so much. Thanks for being here with us, Ward. And I am really crazy excited to uh, introduce to everyone my husband of almost 30 years, Deb. All right. We're all in that same group here, aren't we? Just about almost 30 years, Dan and I will be married in July. And uh, boy, it is just, I've been telling everybody all day long that tonight we were taping a podcast uh, with our husbands. So <laughs> let me introduce you to Dan. Uh, he is just like you said, the love of my life brings joy to every day and an excellent, excellent father. So Dan, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been, uh, I get to listen to the podcast from time to time and I enjoy it, but to be able to see how it's actually created and made, it's, I was excited to see this. So this is fun. Um, Laura and I have a daughter, Emily. She just turned 25 and we have a new love of our lives, which is, uh, Liliana, she'll be turning three in about a week and a half, two weeks. And we're really blessed to be able to have her not only in our lives, but she's, uh, we get to keep her in our, our home two or three nights a week, sometimes, sometimes not. And it's just a lot of fun to wake up and know that she's in the house. Mm -hmm. So that's our little family unit. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun new season for us to journey this with you guys. At the same time, uh, Laura, you and my husband have known each other since high school, Everybody knows you and I roomed together for a year in college and where our lives have been intertwined for a long time. So it's been fun to do the married life, the church life and the family life and the grandparenting life with you guys. And, you know, before we jump into this, Laura, both you and I are overwhelmingly uh, grateful for husbands who stand behind us. Amen. You know, you guys have been our hugest um, supporters in practical ways, in financial ways, in prayer support, in cheering for Beyond the Building, for the Beyond Women's Conference. And so we've never had you on the podcast to just kind of shout your praises to a bunch of uh, listeners, but thank you so much for being 
are huge supporters behind the scenes. I mean, Laura, I know, Laura, you feel the same way. Amen. Could not agree more. And actually, it's kind of fun, Debbie, because typically when you and I are talking pre-podcast or post-podcast, we'll start talking about, uh, I was talking to Ward about this last night. I was talking to Dan about this and they always say the same things. Yes, they do. I mean, sometimes we are like, we are married to two men who are so similar and truly are a blessing um, and so supportive. So yeah, thank you so much. Yep. So as we have interviewed moms in the month of May, as we have interviewed dads in the month of June, Laura, there has been a recurring theme that one of the most important aspects to being a successful parent, the one that God's called us to be is your own personal walk with Christ. And so guys, we just want to start off with the most important part of your lives, which is your faith journey. And uh, Dan, if we could start with you briefly, if you could just share your faith journey and then Ward, you can just jump in when he's done. Sure. Um, I grew up in Italy and then in Brazil, and I distinctly remember being in the house in Brazil. My mother came in to uh, my bedroom and had a very frank discussion about Jesus, about salvation. And I'd grown up in a Christian family. My grandfather was a missionary to Italy for his entire career, is over 50 years as, as in the mission field. So I was very familiar with it even very early on. And But I had parents that were just sold out for, for Jesus. And my mother came into my bedroom. I'll, I'll never forget it. And and gave we had a, a great discussion. I gave my heart to the Lord and never never looked back. And um, growing up overseas and then moving to the U.S., been involved with church the whole time. And I know church isn't religion. It's a fellowship. I get that. But the relationship with Christ, the having Christ as the center of our family, and even now, as I have aging parents and watching just that part of the journey as well, to see how significant that has been early on without even knowing what I was exposed to and just watching the love of Jesus through my parents. Mm-hmm. Amen. I would say my own journey. Um, we grew up going to kind of a um, mainline church, if you will, Um but I really appreciate my parents making a sacrifice to send my sister and I to Christian school. I attended, uh, actually, Laura and I both attended the Christian Academy up in Media, Pennsylvania. I was there from sixth grade through 12th grade. My sister was there also. And it was really in that environment, uh, despite being raised in a church, it was in that environment that I really heard the gospel. And uh uh, kind of funny, in, in sixth grade, there was uh, a whole teaching on, per se, hell and that sort of thing. And I knew that that was not a place I wanted to end up. So I received Jesus as my Savior, really as fire insurance, if you want to put it that way, you know, <laughs> when I was in sixth grade. And so they talk about Jesus as Savior and Lord. And so accepting Jesus as my Savior, basically as fire insurance in sixth grade. And it's been a process since then to really... Uh, manifest the idea of lordship uh, in in my life and in each area of my life. Uh, but I'm very thankful for the Lord. I feel like, um, you know, uh, we communicate regularly. He's somebody that I go to regularly for direction, for understanding, praying for wisdom and discernment, uh, guidance, and I believe that the Lord's hand has really been, per se, on my life, including uh, helping with the, uh, or guiding or, or making sure that I had the right life partner, 
and uh 33 and a half years 37 and a half years of dating by the way um but uh so just really you know the lord is really central uh to who i am as a person and to my experience and uh uh, very, very much a part of, uh, uh, per se, my day-to-day experience, very central to my to my, to my my life. Amen. You know, it is that relationship with our Heavenly Father that really, um, I would imagine, as a father, is a, makes a huge impact on you men as you father your kids. And as Deb and I have been having really amazing conversations with dads uh, this month, one of the things that we kept hearing was the fact that it was the impact uh, that was made in so many circumstances. It was the impact that the father made on the one we were interviewing um, that really shaped how they fathered. So can you guys share a little bit about the relationship that you had with your own fathers? Um, You know, what kind of things did you see that you admired about them and what things had significant impact uh, on your story and the way you parent now, because I mean, we really are shaped by the things that we see, right? So what are the things that you admired in your dads and how are you living that out today? So I really uh, admired da- my dad uh, on so many different fronts. Um, I appreciate his uh, loyalty and faithfulness, you know, to our family, uh, to my mom. And, uh, you know, there was no no question that my dad, you know, loved and loves uh, my mom and our family, and really appreciate that. Always put a high priority on that. Um, appreciate my dad's work ethic. He's always been and still is a very, um, you know, hard worker, very diligent, um, very capable of learning new things. My dad actually, um, he had retired. I can't remember how many times he had retired, but he actually mm-hmm. came to work for me. Uh, for five and a half years at my company, Covenant Wealth Strategies. And I want to say he was maybe around age uh, 64 or 65 when he went and passed all of the securities licensing exams, <laughs> you know, which are not, not easy, easy when you're 25, let alone when you're 65. And so he's just uh, amazing in terms of his ability to learn uh, and and learn completely new things and, and, uh, had a, a very illustrious career. Um, but one of the things I really appreciate, I'll say, and one of the things I really appreciate about my dad, especially now, Dan, as you talk about per se aging parents, and we're fortunate and blessed to have you know, our parents uh, still with us. Um, I love watching my dad uh, lead Bible studies. Uh, I love watching my dad um, uh, per se bring the Sunday morning message up on the boardwalk in Ocean City, New Jersey, uh, at the uh, the boardwalk church on Sunday mornings, uh, kind of an outreach of the Ocean City Tabernacle. And I think as he has gotten older, I would say that his faith uh, has become more important to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it is also interesting, I learned uh, a number of years ago, something that I didn't know that my dad was actually the president of his young life club when he was in high school. And <laughs> wow. uh, so talks uh, stories about uh, asking his his mother, my grandmother, if he could have a few of his friends over. Uh, and it turned into 50 or 60 kids showing up, you know, to my grandmother's house up in uh, on Winwood Road in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. So, uh, yeah, so even wow. back in high school, my dad was uh, active in his faith and 
So there's a heritage of faith uh, in, you know, each of our families. You know, Dan, you talk about your grandfather being a missionary. And so I'm just really thankful to have role models in our lives uh, that we can look to uh, as examples. And thankfully, as they're still living for advice uh, in our walks. Amen. Amen. How about you, Dan? Well, I kind of wish we had compared notes a little bit because I feel like I'm going to be saying the same thing now. <laughs> um, and uh, I I have very, very distinct and clear memories of watching my, or I, I go to bed, my dad would still be at the office. Um, I go to sleep. He'd come into my room every single night that he was, was home. He traveled a lot when I was growing up, but when he was in town, he would always come in, kiss me goodnight, and we'd pray. And I just remember just looking back now, like what a work ethic. I mean, he worked late into the, the, the nights. He was out early in the mornings. He traveled all the time. Um, but his commitment to the family also was so obvious too. He alternated on uh, taking my brother and myself on trips with him. So we were traveling around South America. And I wow. remember being dropped off with some strange lady that was like the wife of the managing director that he was visiting with. And I'd go to the beach in Copacabana beach while my dad was doing business. And that was just normal, but he included us. And that was, he knew he had to travel. He, that was his livelihood, but that was the way he maintained a connection with the family. And it's just so many memories like that it was the, the dedication to work, but yet dedication to family and trying to keep a balance, which is, we all know that that balance is so, so difficult. And in my world, you know, I travel now and I, I try to try to look back. How how did that balance work for him and how can I apply that to, to my life? But um, and then his effort that he made to be home on Wednesday nights or on Sunday morning, Sunday night and make sure the family was at church those those days because of the commitment to being with church family and worshiping together. So. I, I just look back and now I take a look like how, how hard that really is to balance and to see that he did that growing up. And then also just to, my dad had retired twice when I had an opportunity that I couldn't do on my own. So I was asked to, to basically start a business to support a, an existing contract. And I remember telling the person, I need to call home before I can give you an answer whether I can do this or not. And the gentleman said, oh, you must call your wife. I'm like, no, I must call my father because I'm going to see if he's available to do this with me because I can't do it myself. So I also spent five years alongside my father working well after his retirement. And it was, it was amazing because I was so busy at that season in my life that I didn't get or make the time to see my folks as much as I should have. But here I got to interact and be with my dad on a daily basis in the office setting, which was, I, I look today is like an honor that I wish everybody could have. Isn't that interesting? I did not know that, Dan, about your relationship with your dad. And here we are walking a similar road again, which goes into my next question. Both of you guys are entrepreneurs. You know, would you own a wealth management company? Dan, you're a pilot for Delta, which takes you oh, traveling all the time, but you have also owned businesses along the way. And so both you guys, whether it's your careers taking you uh, traveling places or 
just long days. Where do you like to say when you own your own business, you work half days? Do you want to work the first, first 12, 12 hours or the, or the second or the 12, 12 hours? 12, right? <laughs> That's right. And, and you, you laugh about it, but both of you guys had to raise families navigating those tricky waters. You mentioned it, Dan. It's not always easy. And, and sometimes I would say we all we all work together well to accomplish it. And sometimes the wheels were falling off the bus, you know, in terms of how do you navigate staying intentional, staying in touch, staying aware of what's going on with your wife, with your kids, when you are that entrepreneur, when your schedule, you may say that you can make your schedule, but so many times it seems to be dictated for you because the buck stops there. So Dan, let's, let's start with you on this one. How, what insight can you give us on how you have navigated those waters, how you are navigating those waters uh, with your family between being a husband to Lara and being a dad and now a grandfather to Lily? Yeah, I, I look back and again, it, I just, I guess we emulate our, our fathers as, as we grow with our family. Um, the Delta piece, I think was actually really, really easy because while I was traveling a lot, when I was home, I was off. I didn't have homework. I didn't have office issues or homework or anything. So my quality time was fine. And I, and I had days on end instead of just hours in the evening. So that was actually a little bit of a cop-out because it's like a part-time work if you look at it that way. But then going into running business, which was 50, 60, 70 hours a week on top of having a part-time flying job, if you will, um, found myself sometimes painting myself into a corner, not doing a very good job with the time with the family, with Laura, with Emily growing up. And there, I, again, I, I look back now just thinking about my answer. What did I do to spend time with Emily? Well, I took her on trips with me. I took her away to so that we could have that quality time together because I knew it was lacking at home. And, and again, it said, you, you want the quality of life. You want to run a business. You want to help the employees have a good quality of life. So you end up pouring in much more than, than is probably a healthy balance, but then you just have to compensate and just be intentional. And I think the intentionality of carving out the time, making the time special, making it just a little bit over the top to try to, and again, it's, it's compensating if you will, but if you're going to have work, that's going to keep you away from your family. You've just got to make sure that that time with your family is making up for that lost time. If that's even possible, but, mm -hmm. but just paying attention to the quality. And now, you know, I, I take a look at one thing today. If I want to talk to Lily, my granddaughter, while I'm away, we have FaceTime, we have technology, and we didn't have that before. So that's a blessing, but then also you have to balance that out too, because when you are home, that technology really needs to get tucked away so that it's not a distraction from the person who's in the room. And these are things that we all struggle with because we have the instant access to everything, which is great if you're 6,000 miles away to stay in touch, but it's if you're six feet away at the kitchen table, it's actually something that you've just got to, you got to have the discipline and be intentional about just putting it away and spending quality time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, the 60, 70, 80 hour weeks of entrepreneurs, I mean, that's uh, definitely a challenge. And I don't hold myself out as a good example, per se, of quote unquote, work-life balance. <laughs> um, 
But I, I think, and, and I say this not just because we're guests on your podcast and not just because after the podcast is over, I still need to live here, right? I say this genuinely. Um, it's been a partnership in our home and I would never have been able to do the things that I've been able to do without Debbie's support and encouragement. Uh, when Chip was much younger, I got home late from work one night and I got a little card that Chip had drawn a picture uh, and it had a little note that said, Daddy, thank you for working so hard so that mommy can stay home and play all day. You know, that was his perspective. And obviously that was informed by Debbie's commentary. There wasn't a resentment or a resentment or bitterness about the time that I spent away at work. Rather, it was viewed as daddy works hard so that mommy can stay home with you. And so um, really appreciate that. Um, and actually uh, a funny story. So uh, Dan and I uh, coached high school soccer together. And Dan, I don't know if you remember that, but I vividly remember it because it happened to have been fall of 2008, if you remember the financial crisis, 2007, <laughs> 8, and 9. And I'll never forget being on a big yellow 72-passenger bus for a two-hour ride south to Sussex County for a soccer game. <laughs> and the kids are all going crazy and you know, balls are flying back and forth and everything else. And I'm on my cell phone. Uh, talking to my largest clients about <laughs> what the markets are doing, right? So I vividly remember those things. <laughs> um, but uh, it was interesting because even though uh, I worked long hours, the boys always felt like mm -hmm. I was there for the things that were going on in their lives because I you know, coached mm -hmm. middle school uh, soccer and then spent one year working with you coaching high school soccer let me just tell you that's a different animal high school soccer versus middle Man. school soccer so <laughs> that lasted one year and I, I submitted my resignation to you right after our last game but um, but I think you know to your point intentionality and so um, you know when you're there be there be not just physically present but be fully present and be purposeful. And um, so one of the things that we started doing when the kids were in, I guess when Daniel was in high school, our youngest was in high school, was father-son adventures. And so the very first one, Dan and I went to Monte Carlo together. And uh, of course, Dan was a big and still is a big car nut. And so going over there, we actually met Mario Andretti in the hotel lobby. <laughs> wow. Dan wow. Knew exactly who he was and went right up to him and we got pictures with him and everything else. Uh, Chip and I enjoy surfing together. And so I called Father Son Adventure. So the deal is whoever calls it, the other person names the location. So I called Father Son Adventure and Chip called uh, Oahu. And we went to the North Shore of Oahu, uh, the uh, winter break, the Christmas break of his senior year of college and went surfing on the North Shore and had an adventure and took pictures and videos and all kinds of stuff like that. So um, now uh, if we're going to have those adventures, it has to be a double date adventure. We've been informed that there will be no more father-son adventures without the girls kind of thing, but that's good. That's mm -hmm. fine. You know, yeah. just making memories. And I would say one other thing is traditions. So in our family, we have a lot of traditions, whether it's the way that we sing happy birthday with uh, an added verse added on, 
or whether it's going up to Peaks Island off the coast of Portland, Maine, where Deb's family has owned a cottage since 1934. Um, and so I think that having a sense of identity as a family, which includes traditions as a family, um, I think that that's something that's very, very important, just strengthening family bonds, being purposeful, being present, making memories, having adventures. And I think that, you know, Dan, your comment was that to a certain extent, it's maybe compensating for the time that we're not there because we're working long hours. Uh, but at the same time, that's what our family viewed as normal. You know, mm. growing up, that was that was normal in our family. Now, Chip and Dan and Pam, they can choose things to do differently in their families, and certainly they will. But as they were growing up and as we were growing up, it maybe wasn't normal for Deb. It wasn't now. My because her teachers. were school teachers and they were home at four o'clock every day and they had the summers off. So that was a little different mm -hmm. when we got married. She didn't understand why I wasn't there 80 hours, you know, a week. But but that's how I would answer your question. Yeah. Mm. You I know, love that. Go ahead, Deb. Laura, he, um, uh, from like uh, kindergarten up until mm -hmm. the end of sixth grade, uh, Word decided that there's this thing that he's going to do, take dad to school. And so he would go lunchbox and all for the mm -hmm. day at school. And it became a big deal that Mr. Kiever was coming to school. And he awesome. sat on the floor for story time. And I mean, he he did everything. He did took the quizzes, the whole nine yards. It was like this novelty. And I remember... When um, Chip was going to go, I guess uh, to, through fifth grade, Chip was going to go in the middle school and he announced that he didn't really think the teachers were going to let him do that. And, <laughs> you know, I'm sure they will. I'm like, I think he doesn't want you to come. But he got all the way through to fifth grade and he did the same thing with Dan. So again, wow. same point, you're you're being intentional with what time that you, you have with each other. Wow. Now I'm smiling because Dan, you raised a daughter and now you have, man, quite a little lady as a granddaughter, you know, with all the, the cuteness that the cuteness overload, we're going to, we're going to ask you a question that is going to be specific to you raised a daughter. What are some things that you felt were important to still instill in her? And were you raised two sons uh, that they're, you know, raising young men, you've always talked about the importance of raising young men, but then at the age of 19, a young lady moved in and suddenly you found yourself the father of a daughter and realized she came with a whole lot more hair products. So, <laughs> you know, as you guys think through um, what, like actually for both of you, you know, Ward, let's let you go first and then Dan, we'll let you go. What specific things did you think you needed to cater when you were raising sons or you were raising daughters? Ward, why don't you answer first and then Dan, we'll have you go. Well, I firmly believe that the Lord only gives daughters to strong men, and I didn't qualify. That's why I got two boys. Um, and, and I've said that many times previously. Uh, but in terms of raising young men, I think, especially in our culture and our society today, you see a lot of the confusion that's out there. And I think it's important to uh, raise, uh, per se, young men, if you will, to be men. And to understand that a God-given role is to be a protector and provider for the family. Uh, whatever you do, to pursue it with excellence. Uh, our younger son, Dan, uh, will tell the story of the toothbrush. And what's the story of the toothbrush? So I was 
course, wanting to raise financially responsible young men. And I taught them the importance of earning, you know, their income. And so I had Dan, you know, wash the car for me and wax the car for me. And so after he was done, I came out and inspected it. And there were still gobs of wax around the, uh, you know, the like the, Hubcap the, thing the or... emblems on the back of the car. And so I went inside and I grabbed a toothbrush and I, you know, showed him how to get the wax out of the emblems around the back of the car. And I said, the job's not finished until, you know, this is done. Or I think there was something with the tires yeah. that he needed to put tire shine on the car or something. And so, um, so just, you know, even at a young age, just letting them know, look, it's not done until it's completely done and you can't leave it half finished. Um, but I think also just trying to be a model and whether that's a model of protection and provision of the family, whether it's a model of a faith journey, whether it's a model of, uh, per se, loving their mom. I think uh, I'm, I'm big into, per se, phrases, little catchphrases that that simply capture something. But I think, you know, one of the m most important ways that a man can show his love for his children is to love their mother, right? And so to love the Lord, to love my wife, and to love my boys, and so that they know that that's the priority uh, in life, uh, and that, you know, it's faith, family, and then friends and, and work, even if the 80 hours a week sometimes didn't always line up that way, at the end of the day, if they needed something, they knew that I would drop everything to go mm -hmm. be there to meet that need. I have to tell one funny story um, that kids still talk about to this day. I, I so appreciate how you taught your boys to respect me, mm -hmm. to respect women, right? But to respect mom. So you got a picture, it's eighth grade, uh, end, of the, end of the year in eighth grade. I must have 12 boys around this kitchen table. I'm feeding them pizzas and sodas and all kinds of stuff. But there was this one kid who came from a home that there was no respect that was shown to either parent. And it was the age, you know, kids were always saying, yo dog, yo dog. Yeah. Right? Like it was like, oh my gosh. Well, he started addressing me like, yo dog, can we have some more pizza? Like he, I know he's not thinking about it, but it came out. And all of a sudden my husband comes around the foyer into the kitchen we called him the silverback you know like that gorilla that comes in beats his chest and he put the fear of god in this kid like don't you ever speak to my wife that way i thought the kid was gonna just like croak right in the kitchen <laughs> but one of the other boys who's like a son of the lord um that was there at that table. He said, Mrs. Kiever, I made a decision that day. I would always call you Mrs. Kiever. Like it, just, it, like it was this, the papa's in the house and don't you dare disrespect my wife. And I looked at it like, wow, that was my hero. I think the boy, our boys at the time were like, I can't believe he just did that. Mm -hmm. But he put the fear of God in that, that room full of boys. And I'd never, ever had a problem with that kid again. Like, and he came back, mm. he came back, but it was this, you know, I think that's part of it. You role modeled it with a lot of generosity, a lot of tenderness, but when you had to put your foot down, like you weren't afraid to do that. Mm. And it made such an impression, not just on our kids, but a room full of boys. Mm. I'll finish up with talking about Pam, 
Uh-huh. So, you know, our daughter in the Lord who moved in with us when she was uh, 19 um, for three and a half years. Uh, that was a uh, an amazing experience in every way. Uh, it was not something we were expecting. It was not something that we were looking for. But how do you relate to a 19-year-old young lady? Um, and so early in the relationship, I asked her. We were sitting uh, in the family room. Uh, and I asked her, I said, look, I said, tell me what you're expecting. Tell me what you want from our relationship. I'm more than happy to be the guy who owns the house where you live and I pay the bills and you do your thing. I said, if you want, I can be a father figure. If you want, I can do my best to be the role of dad, although I've never really been dad to a 19 year old girl before. And so, you know, she looked at me and she said, I want you, I want, I want you to be my dad. So I said, okay, well then as your dad, <laughs> it's important that you understand there's a curfew, right? So in any event, so right, mm -hmm. we went right into it. But my point is that as it pertains to Pam, I think the key word there really is cherish, that she needs to know that she is cherished, that she is loved, that she is valued, not for what she does or what she wears or who she's friends with but for who she is as a person. And it was interesting. She was uh, dating a young man who she's now married to. And the Lord kind of gave me some insight that, uh, that I was, that Matt was going to be coming to talk to me soon. And so I sat down and I just prayed and I said, Lord, what would you have me to share with Matt upon the occasion of him asking, you know, for Pam's hand in marriage. And the Lord just gave me this whole thing about cherish and so even today, Thank Matt you. will send me an email or a text or he'll write me a letter about the ways that he is cherishing Pam and making mm -hmm. sure that she knows that she is valued. And um, uh, and, and so I just, you know, so I, I really, I mean, I, I, I think that is really important. I think it's important in my relationship with my wife, but and specifically in raising a young lady she needs to know that she is valued as a person and that's going to impact a lot how she relates if you will to other men in her life mm -hmm. so in my it was really a blessing to have pam in our house mm -hmm. and to allow me if you will to be a uh, an unofficially adopted dad yeah. uh, to a young lady so. yeah Amen. Amen. A lot of boys in that family up until that moment. <laughs> yeah, the right. hair product, just for what it's worth. Uh -huh. uh, so uh, Dan comes home from college or something, and he says something to the effect of, why is there shampoo for coconuts in my shower? And Dan, <laughs> Dan just dishes it right back to him. And she's like, why don't you take your 16 and one, you know, the shampoo, conditioner, <laughs> toothpaste, underarm deodorant and everything else. <laughs> next door to your parents bathroom right oh yeah. there you go there you go that's some fun conversation for sure well dan is a uh, a girl dad and a girl grandfather so uh dan tell us about being a girl dad and a girl grandfather and and what do you think is important or vital in raising a young woman in the next generation yeah um i i've always said that i really have one platform to stand on in Christ and in, in my faith and that's stewardship. Um, and I know it's, it sounds odd to a lot of people, but that's, that's just, it's been ingrained in me by my father. And I, that's the one thing that, that I think that if you were to go talk to Emily, it would be stewardship followed by work ethic, which kind of go hand in hand. 
in my opinion. And then in the, the, the third is do stuff with excellence. And I'm not sure I really looked at it as, oh, you're a girl instead of a boy. I think, I, I think it's just the way it was ingrained in me by my parents and especially my father was don't do things unless there's stewardship, there's work ethic and, and it's done with excellence. And I see it in her. She's 25 years old. Um, she's, she's got her act together for as much as a 25 year old probably should at this point. And it's, it's, you know, we've had a journey. We've had, we've had our difficulties, but the things that she comes back to is she, she gets those three things. I, I know she does. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think I would do it any different with Lily, with the, the next generation coming along, because in today's world, if you apply those three things, you're head and shoulders above so many of your peers that in a very competitive world and you, you, you want to go chase after a career, you want to go chase after whatever it is. If you apply those three things, you, you truly are head and shoulders above your peers and your competition. And I, I know that Emily gets it. I, I hear it in her conversations. She'll come to me and ask me advice. Like I'm thinking of doing this, this, and this. And, and she spells out her own answer to her own advice. I just have to sit there and shake my head and, and listen to her. And it, it does feel good that, you know, a lot of years went into pouring into the same message over and over and over from a biblical perspective. And it's in there. And I, I think now, you know, we have a chance to go do it again. We have this lovely, beautiful three-year-old that we're going to have a chance to pour into as well. I don't think I would do it any different. Hmm. Amen. Amen. I love both of those answers. And I love also, again, the path that we're on that's so similar, but I also love, obviously, I know Emily and I know Lily and I also know Chip and Dan and I see how they have, I mean, we've known each other for many, many years. This podcast has shown, right? We've seen our kids at multiple stages in lives in their lives. And we see how this has all played out really the, the pouring out of a father into the next generation. And and clearly, um, God has blessed us all above and beyond, right? Anything we could ever ask or imagine with these children and now the next generation of our grandchildren. Um, so uh, this has been such a um, really wonderful conversation uh, for me. I know for you guys as well. And I am learning things I didn't know. I mean, Ward, we, we did go to school with each other for a very long time, right? We've known each other for many, many years. Uh, and, and here we are still learning about each other. And I think that's one of the really cool things about friendships in the Lord too. Um, we're constantly growing in our relationship with the Lord. We're constantly growing and learning about each other. And I think that's really one of the blessings that's come along tonight for me. Um, I know that Debbie already referenced this in the beginning of our uh, podcast, but before we give you guys the final word, um, really, truly, uh, I think this moment has kind of sealed the deal that has made me um, even more grateful than I might have ever said I was before to hear you guys pour out your hearts um, the way that you have fathered uh, right our children. And I'm so, I'm so grateful for that. Um, so thank you for the ways that you guys have blessed us and blessed us to be able to do this. I mean, really when Deb and I came and said, Hey, COVID, right, is out there and we think we're going to start a podcast, right? <laughs> and it was just like, I remember Dan, I'm sure Ward said the same exact thing, go for it. 
go for it. You know, let's just roll with it. So I, I'm really grateful for that. But we always do like to allow our guests to have the, the final word. And so if you were to say in a super concise way, um, what would be your uh, final word to our listeners today? Remember that there are a lot of women listening to this podcast, right? And I'm picturing a lot of women sharing this with a lot of men um, because it's going to be a blessing to them. What would be the one thing that you would want to say as a final encouragement to uh, the women really for the men <laughs> as, as they share this with each other? Dan, how about you go first? Well, in the context of Father's Day, and I, I cherish the time that I have with my father, um, as even more so now, I, I just think that if you live your life out to where your child wants to cherish their time with you when you're older, I think that's all there is to it. And that goes into the love, the respect, the kindness, the even the generosity, whether it's time or what, however else you bless them, is if if you are able to foster a relationship with your child to where they want to cherish the, those last years together with you, then just like you do with your parents, then it's a win. Mm. Amen. Amen. Mm. Totally agree. Awesome. How about you, Ward? Uh, if I tried to say it succinctly, I would try to boil it down to one word, priorities, mm. and to live consistently so that it's known who and what your priorities are. First of all, your faith in Jesus Christ and just that personal relationship, centering and anchoring everything else. And then my commitment to my bride, who is one of the Lord's greatest gifts to me. And then my commitment to an investment in and availability for uh, my kids, both the two by birth and the unofficially uh, uh, adopted kids that uh, spend a lot of time in our house kind of thing. So um, those are the priorities. Um, everything else is really about enabling those priorities. So I would say that the hard work is not for the purpose. I don't work hard for the purpose of working hard. I work hard for the purpose of providing uh, generosity for our family and loved ones. And um, so just living in a way that your priorities are well known, that they're consistent, that you're modeling, that others can look to and say, there's a lot of good there that I would do well to incorporate into my own life. Mm. Amen. Well, 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 this concludes an awesome month, ma'am. And I think of each story, right? My dad, your stepfather and Zoltan, and now you guys, uh, what a great month of focusing on different dads, similar themes, Different exact, you know, stories are, are woven in differently. And so I, I really want to encourage our listeners between May and June, as you've taken time to listen, share this with people that need to be encouraged. A lot of people don't have the fathers that you two have, you know, and and there's a there's a challenge there. How do you figure out how to role model, you know, when you don't know what that looks like? I mean, I think of Zoltan's um podcast last month. He made it clear his dad was not in the picture. And yet when you listen to him, you're like, man, he's a phenomenal father. I think so much of this is surrounding yourself with a village of father role models. If your dad is, is struggled, you know, he can't give away what you don't have. So it's uh, important to have a village. And part of this village is sharing these podcasts between the, the month of May and the month of June. 
So Laura, we're moving into July, hard to believe it. And our new theme, our new series is going to be about faith boosters. It's going to be a month of really equipping you to um, take a stronger uh, stand on what you believe and how you how you walk that out. So if you have enjoyed these this past month, we ask you to share it. We look forward to having you join us in July. Again, thank you so much. We always appreciate when you reach out with your comments and uh, whether it's on our website or just reach out to us individually. We've been really having fun getting some feedback over these two months of podcasts. So thanks everybody for joining us. Thank you, Ward. Thank you, Dan, for being our superheroes of not only our Beyond podcast, but of our families. We really appreciate you guys. Thanks everybody. We'll see you another week. Bye-bye. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.